Welcome to episode 159 of Single Parent Success Stories. Today's guest is Hilary Rubin. In this episode, we dive deep into the challenges and triumphs of single parenthood. Join us as we explore strategies for reclaiming your life and putting peace and children first. Hilary Rubin offers common sense, soulful guidance for soon-to-be or newly divorced co-parents seeking to ditch uncertainty and plan their lives. In 2016, she walked away from her successful coach and coach training business, The Art of Becoming Coach, to raise her son. Hillary has been featured in the Huffington Post, Yoga Journal, the Los Angeles Times, Unmistakable Podcast, among others. Three years ago, she lived in the same house as her husband of 16 years, trapped in a constant conflict and felt numb with the fear about getting divorced. It was the most disorienting experience of her life. She made a brave decision to seek support, crafted a plan, and took the initiative to file for divorce. She found the strength to move out, create a new home, and start anew as a single mother at 50. Now she is here to help you navigate your way through separation or the big D aka divorce while you co-parent peacefully, building a new life again and putting your kids first. Thank you for reviewing, downloading, and subscribing to the podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. Now be the messenger of hope and share this episode with one of your friends. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. It really does help to spread the message and help single parents not only survive, but thrive. Enjoy this conversation with Hillary. Thank you to all my listeners out there and a special thank you to Coaching Flamingo for leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcast. A pick-me-up for single parents. If you need some inspiration, helpful tips, or just a reminder that you are not alone, this podcast is for you. Every episode I've listened to has given me a little boost for the day. Thanks, Irina, for all you do. Thank you, Coaching Flamingo, for leaving this awesome review. If you like to be featured on the podcast, be sure to leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts to help spread the message and help single parents thrive. I host another podcast entitled Reclaim Your Life with Irina, where real people share extraordinary stories of overcoming life's trials and experiencing transformative wake-up moments. Explore the intertwined dimensions of physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. Authentic conversations reveal how these individuals reclaim their lives, offering inspiration and empowerment. Discover the resilience of the human spirit and the path to true happiness. The whole idea behind the podcast is to bring back hope. No matter how dire the circumstances, it is still possible to change your life for the better. As I often say, you're only one decision away from reclaiming your life. On the podcast, I interview individuals from all walks of life who had a transformative experience, a wake-up call that suddenly changed the trajectory of where their life was going. They realized however they were living wasn't working and they needed to make certain changes. I also share personal tools, tips and techniques and practices that I've used along my journey of reclaiming my life. If you have somebody in your life who needs a ray of hope, be sure to share this podcast with them. It is available on all the podcasting platforms as well as YouTube, 
handle Happiness Academy underscore. If you'd like to suggest a future topic for the podcast, please fill out feedback form located in episode notes. Guess what? We did it again on January 18, 2024. Soul Parent Book Volume 2 has been launched. It is here. In this, on December 9, 2022, Soul Parent Volume 1 was born and now a short while, a little bit over a year later, we have created Volume 2. Dive into a collection of inspiring stories from incredible single parents and experts crafted to uplift, empower and inspire. My story, entitled This Tool Could Save Your Life, unfolds a transformative experience that turned my life around, and I'm eager to share the journey with you. Let's break down barriers, embrace possibilities, and discover the greatness that life after breakup or divorce has to offer. All proceeds from sales go to the kinship charity, making your purchase a powerful contribution to a cause that spreads hope and support. Ready to be part of this incredible journey? Here's how. Click the link in episode notes to grab your copy on Amazon now. Share the love on all the socials by using hashtag SoulParentBookVolume2. Spread the word, be the messenger of hope for those who need to hear those stories, who need hope and inspiration in their life. This is specifically for brand new single parents who found themselves in those shoes unwillingly, unknowingly, and there they are on this new frontier navigating this territory. Let's create a ripple effect of inspiration and support. Join me on this adventure and let's make Soul Parent Book Volume 2 a beacon of light for all. Welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. I am your host, Irina Shehovtsov, and I am on a mission to empower broken-hearted women to break the chains of the past and move forward boldly into the future. Single Parent Success Stories was created to inspire single parents out there who are struggling to help them realize what is possible. Welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. Today's guest is Hilary Rubin. She is a master coach, shifting the divorce narrative, putting peace and kids first as you reclaim your life. Hilary offers common sense, soulful guidance for soon-to-be or newly divorced co-parents seeking to ditch uncertainty and plan their lives. She is a single mom of one and she's joining us from Los Angeles, California. Welcome, Hilary. It is a pleasure to have you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. So please share with us your story. How did you become a single parent? Was this a conscious decision or an accident or a purposeful choice? What an interesting question, right? How did it happen? Uh, It was a couple years ago when we were all freaking out about toilet paper and cleaning our groceries. I'll leave it at that. And already the relationship was we've done a lot in our relationship to make it work and to figure it out and a lot of therapy at just everything from therapy to Tony Robbins over the years. And 
uh, I think my biggest thing was my son, you know, and, and failure and uh, I couldn't make a marriage work. And it was, uh, it was a lot, you know, we were both doing our lives in the way that we were. And, um, I don't see that we were really a team. There was more competition in the dynamic of the relationship. And I would push a lot of personal development and different things like that. And it was really coming from one side. And I think that's often, that happens often because uh, women, you know, we get stuck on perfection and um, we're the baby makers and we tend to want to change things in our relationship and our partners and, uh, and usually it's valid, you know, it's just like better communication and all that. And, um, and I, personal growth is huge for me. And maybe at some points, maybe it's too much, you know, it's like, I can't ever stay in one place. Uh, and so we did the work, right. To figure, to, to kind of see how we can keep this going because I don't think anybody really enjoys having to have a failed marriage or get divorced. So we did a lot of therapy and worked through it all and talked about the different things uh, that we can do. And we lived under the same roof for a couple of years. And, um, and we were good, like in that therapy thing and unfolding, but then just so much would come up and unravel. And, um, and it was really clear that we were done. Like we knew that like, you know what, we're done. And we both watched that movie, I think it was called Marriage or something with um, Adam Driver and what's her name? It's blanking me right now, Scarlett Johansson. And we both watched that movie. I don't remember the exact title of it. And like at the end of it, we looked at each other and we're like, hmm, yeah, like it's us. And we both knew and it was, it's sad, you know, definitely. And then things just caught kind of ugly and living under the same roof and figuring that out was a little choppy. And now I have a perspective, you know? Um, and so we, it was a thing that we had to do and it was, um, and we're still in it, you know what I mean? It's like, we're co-parenting and figuring out a lot of different things and the roles. And so it's, um, yeah, so here I am now as a single parent or, I mean, it's a single parent and co-parenting. I always kind of look at this whole thing of if we keep saying like I'm single, right, but then you're part of a co-parenting thing, I believe like changing the narrative is how do we do family different? And that was my intention from the beginning when we told our son and I was like, hey, let's do this. And um, there's this great book, Tell Me What to Say, a children's book, um, a, like a parenting book. And it basically talked about how to, you know, tell your kids. And it, yeah, I still kind of am walking around with this idea of how we're doing family differently and having peace. However, if one side is, if one side, like a marriage, if one side's like, hey, let's move in this direction, and the other one's like, not interested, it's a little hard to do that. So for me, it's why I will say co-parent, changing the narrative of calling him my co-parent or former husband. I think instead of like X and all that, those just don't work for me. Uh, so here I am, you know, living on my own and figuring it out. And uh, yeah, there are moments it's really great and there's moments that it's really tricky.
Uh, and that's the truth. I think for everyone, even if they've done it, you know, even 10 years later, you know what I mean? It's, it's something that I don't see. I mean, yeah, like, unless you've gone through it or going through it, you understand, I guess. You're totally right. Yeah. What were some of the challenges you faced when you became a single parent? I mean, the things that I deal with on a day to day is my child's mental health, my own mental health. And it's also now everything is you got to take care of, right? The car breaks down, got to take care of the car. Uh, the trash needs to be taken out. The dishes need to be loaded and unloaded. Cooking meals. I cook a lot, right? The budgeting. It's everything. Now, there is no divide of of what needs to get done of the responsibilities in for the most part, right? Like, yes, maybe there's a little bit, uh, but it definitely the challenges are uh, being able to like, you're I'm full on, right? It isn't like, oh, I can go lay down now. My kid, I don't put in front of the television. So we don't do television and we're more in Waldorf, um, the education and, um, so it's the challenge is like, Hey, you're going to, you know, he's under 10 and it's like, Hey, I need you to make your bed. I need you to help with the dishes. I need you to do some things. And he doesn't want to do that. And I don't know if that's happening at the co-parents house. So the challenge is that there's different things happening in both houses and, um, there isn't this united front, which would be, which I do think is important if, you know, I do believe moving in that direction and keeping that, even if the parents, you know, like if you disagree, it's like, can we be on the same page with these things that like the parenting part and we can do it together. So it's really the, yeah, you know, it's the day to day and it's living in a new space. And uh, those are some of the challenges. And then um, I think there's a big challenge of you may be dealing, you know, for me and and just in general, dealing with the co-parent because all of a sudden they're they're acting and saying and texting and however they're they're going through what they're going through and they're going through a process as well right it's like if two people were together two people came apart it's not on one person it's on two and I do believe in co-parenting therapy and I suggested it and it's like no Right. If you pay for it, if you pay for it and everything, the challenges come down to the finances and everything being a fight. And that's 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 just really a drag. You know, it's just really a drag and a waste of time and energy. Life is short. And I just see that to be able to overcome the ego. Right. Is a very big thing for both sides. So that's some of the work that I do and, you know, help people with is, you know, there's moments and so much of it had to learn that I just don't respond to a text. I've got to not say what I want to say. I've got to write the text and not send it. I've got to make an audio recording with what I want to say and not send it, you know, and it's true, but these are all exercises uh, because it's, um, it's tricky, you know, to be now like, oh, now it's me. And there, there's moments that we all can relate to, that all I know that I seek is just having somebody's arms around me 
I'm not dating anyone. I'm not with anyone that can just be like, it's going to be okay. You know? And, and that's what our, hopefully like the marriages and those unions really bring is that comfort and that reminder, um, you know, as a female, because I'm not interested in moving through the world as a man and being in my masculine, which in my marriage, there wasn't a lot of polarity, right? So if I wanted to be in my feminine, it was tricky and criticized and not supported. And it's very clear to me that, how, you know, that's a little bit of a navigating of how do I stay in my feminine <laughs> while I'm doing this thing in the world? Because the world really pushes women to be more masculine, you know, in a lot of ways. And yeah, so. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. And uh, like how in the beginning you mentioned, you know, dealing with Orwell before there were two people. Now you got to do the laundry and pick up the kids and cook the dinner and bring the dinner and doing all that. And I think it's it's a lot, uh, you know, to handle. And in the beginning, we think we got to, you know, hold the fort. We got to be on 24-7 and be there no matter what. Nothing can fall apart. Nothing can break down. You got to be there 110%. And sometimes it's difficult. And another point you mentioned, of course, in the co-parenting situation, you you got to compromise and sometimes you you would face those challenges and oppositions and you do still get triggered because we all come into any partnership any relationship with our own set of values and beliefs and then we start biting heads and it's not to anybody's benefit we just get ourselves aggravated the other person is aggravated nothing gets solved so totally get uh, you know the challenges that you're coming from as a result of your becoming a single parent, how did it influence your life? And uh, like before you, you mentioned you were stay-at-home mom, how did your career change? And now the fact that you're helping women kind of overcome yeah. that. And... Yeah. Um, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom. And before that, I was a coach, a life coach and a business coach. And I had a coach training program, The Art of Becoming a Coach. And I took off time and then I just didn't get back into it. And um, for various reasons. And then uh, there was a lot of pressure, you know, for me to get work and get a job. And it was like, I haven't really held a full on job since the nineties, you know what I mean? Like prior as a yoga teacher and I, you know, I did a lot of stuff and um, I cre I started a bakery while we were living under the same roof, which now is like lit. It, it had a year life, and um, which was fun and cool and really something to build my self, like my self esteem and like my confidence level. And now the difference is, I've taken you know I've done different gigs. I've done, done different work from my experience in my life, like event stuff. And I was doing some things that came and, you know, it's really important when we are going through this chosen, not chosen, you know, others, I mean, whether you, I think we all choose it in like consciously and subconsciously. Right. right. And then for people who stay, you know, there are moments where I'm like, mm, maybe I should have stayed. Maybe it being toxic might've been better in a way, you know, it's just like the mind is like such a challenge. And so for work, yeah, you know, I, I was able to move out 
create a second home, as you can see behind me, and create consistency. And I really, what really kicked in was my natural abilities of creating a life and creating a space and creating consistency for my son. Because me moving out, I mean, it's very different when the woman stays at home at the house and when the woman moves out and the parent that moves out and like how that plays. Um, I, I realized that the psychology for everyone involved. Um, so yeah, like work in the world is different and having to step up and produce and, you know, and it step into a masculine or how do I do my work in the feminine? That's an adjustment. You know, it's a total adjustment in a world where they celebrate hustle culture and, you know, and, and all of that. So yeah, to be able to help women who, or even men who are like, well, how do I tell my kids? How do I move out? What do I do to make it healthy for them? Um, I have some things that I saw that really worked and, um, like packing up your home and being able to pack if you have a young kid without your kid, you know, and, and that your child isn't, and not like, I didn't take everything from the home. I didn't want to change his base, his home base, good for, for good or for not. And then creating the consistency for him. And it was, you know really important for me to see that he, my son would be able to adjust. And I do think in some ways he is, and in some other ways, it's really, it's, it's hard. It's still, it's going to be new forever in a way, you know, especially mm -hmm. when they're a little bit older, like when you're doing it, when they're like five and under, I think it is just like, Oh, this is just the way it is. Right. So there is a aspect of the age of your child, you know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. If you could go back in time, would you do anything differently? In what respect? That's a big question. Like, <laughs> what if, advice I, would you give your younger self in how your life turned out and where you are today? I always find that a really interesting question. Because I always want to go back, instead of giving my younger self advice, I want to celebrate what my younger self did successfully to get me here. I find that that's a much more tangible thing to do. So when I, you know what I mean? I mean, the only, I mean, for me, it's like, oh, okay, not like, but you've always been able to survive and you've always been able to figure stuff out and you've always been able to make decisions you know, to, and land on your feet, like, you know, and that's something that I would want to celebrate and, 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 and acknowledge about myself. I do believe it's important to acknowledge before whatever we would tell our younger selves. Um, because a lot of people are like, what would you tell your younger self? And it's like, that's great. However, let me, let me tell my younger self, you did a great job. You know what? You did really good. What I would have done differently <laughs> in my life, regardless of marriage, divorce, is probably stick to a career a little longer. And when I walked away from coaching and like to my coaching in 2016, not walking away for so long and actually taking the time to really get clear on um, what I wanted to do career wise. Um, 
in a way, you know, what my contribution was going to be outside of my son, because he became everything for me. And yeah, so that that's a big thing. And I would have done differently is had more kids and not been so I would have had kids earlier. I had my son at 41 is when I got pregnant at 40. I would have had children sooner. But again, once you've lived and experienced the life, it's so e it's so much easier to go back and to go, oh, you know what? Wow, the programming was thick. And I thought a career was so rewarding and important when being a mother was way more rewarding, is more rewarding and having more children and actually really embracing the mother archetype would have been really incredible, you know, to have three, four, you know, children and really give myself into my fullest expression of being a mother and having a family. That's what I would have totally um, done different. So anyone watching this, you know, I mean, obviously we're talking divorce and single mother, but if you're younger, you know, it just, or you know anyone that's younger, women don't realize, at least for me, I didn't know that I had an option to have kids and be a mom. That was never an option on the table. It was, you're going to have a career, you're going to work. Maybe you're going to have kids. You know? Yeah. yeah. What do you think is the most important trait to instill in a child? That's a great question. That they're loved for who they are, not what they do. I think it's very powerful. And sometimes we are so ingrained into doing that we forget about being. And just being is enough. So I love that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. What kind of advice would you give to present single parents who are just stepping onto the journey of single parenting? Not doing it alone, right? Because divorce is a business deal and it's a um, spiritual practice. It's an initiation. And that means you're going to, a part of you is going to die. And that, which is, you know, intense and painful and that we're not meant to do this alone. And whether you get a coach, you're working with a therapist, you have a circle of people supporting you. Uh, it's really, really important. Number one, um, number two, really understand that you have to put your ego aside and you have to look at what's best for you, but also for the children and the bickering and the arguing and the little blah, blah. like that whole, like, like do the work, like know your triggers, do the work both sides and stop pointing a finger and bringing your, like, stop bringing what is this, the separation in alive, like stop keeping it alive, the fight, like drop the rope, you know, and just don't take the, I'm like, drop the rope. Don't take the bait. I'm like telling like a bunch of um, like t-shirts, but really it's, um, it's so easy to get pulled into the argument because you want to be right. Or you want to be seen and heard. And like, here's the thing. I may never get appreciated for the things that I did. And it, it, I mean, it could make me cry. It hurts. 
right? I've done and I do and I give, but I also understand that if you're the giver and you're the person who's taking the thing over to your kid because the kid forgot it or whatever, and you're the one that's constantly helping the other, you gotta really check that. Because one of the things you have to do a lot of the times, you gotta have a bound, you gotta have boundaries. Like for instance, it was supposed to be raining tomorrow. I bought the rain jacket, right? Because the clothing situation gets to be, well, he has more clothes there. It's like his stuff is his stuff, whether it's in my house or your house, it's his stuff. And if I'm saying, hey, you know what? I don't have enough pairs of pants. How many pairs? Like we've got to just make sure he has enough in both places. Like, hey, can you get a pair of sneakers? And like the the pettiness, like drop it and stop it. And I just do my best to like stay out of it. Um, and just, yeah, like you can be the bigger parent. You can be the one that goes the extra mile. And remember, it's in the name of your kid. Remember, it's not necessarily you're going to get a thank you or it's going to give you points. However, you've got to be really clear that you're not, because they'll just keep letting you do it. You know, like for instance, it was like I said, it was supposed to rain and I had the rain jacket that I got for him. And instead of me driving, because he's around the corner and dropping it off, I left it in a bag and I said, hey, I have his rain jacket. You can swing by and get it if you'd like. Right. Like that was it. Like I'm not going and well, cause I normally would go and drop it off or the first day of school, I offered to go over so we could all be together and like take a picture, you know, because I wanted him to see his dad on his first day. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, this is the ideas, the steps that I keep taking is for us to do family differently. However, it takes time to heal. And if the other, I'm the person who initiated it. So I'm the bad one, you know? Um, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's a daily, daily steps to do the best that you can. That's pretty much it. And it, there's no perfection. I mean, I constantly am sharing and talking on, um, you know, on Instagram and I give different things because um, we're all in it. You know, everybody's in it. You know, and it's, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right about, you know, the things you mentioned about setting boundaries and not doing it alone. As they say, it takes a village to raise a child. Oftentimes we think that we are the bigger man if we're doing everything by ourselves, letting ourselves fall apart. We don't, we don't really need to do that. We can ask for help much sooner and putting the ego aside, I think is very important as well because we get triggered so easily and, you know, you being the bigger parent, stepping it up a bit for the sake of your child, I think is important as well. Is there anything I haven't asked that you would like to share? Well, there's very, you know, clear mindset shifts. It's all about mindset, you know, and there's a lot of things, I guess it's like, for anyone that's watching this and you're feeling lonely or you're feeling sad and you're feeling like you failed, um, you don't have to let those feelings take over. And it's really important to know when a feeling comes up, 
to let it, to know it's coming up to come out, to be released and not to define and get lost in it. Cause it's really easy to do that, you know, and then go down that road and, and it can be really dark and painful. I get it, you know, and I understand. Um, and it's really important to look at the things that you're doing well and right and, and take care of yourself. And it is, you know, everyone talks about this, like after divorce, it's all going to be fantastic and amazing. And, you know, once again, you might see that in an Instagram post or, you know, social media can be helpful, but it can also be detrimental to how you're feeling. And when you see stuff and there's like, oh, it's excellent after because people get remarried and all that. I'm not rushing to get remarried and I'm not running into all that, you know, and it just know that you're doing the work. You're going to, you're going to do it. It's going to be hard. And maybe it's, maybe you can have a little fun and laugh at it and find the amusement in it. And, and that's like a mindset shift. And it's important to have, you know, the support around you, whether it's coach and therapist and friends and know if you're burning out your friends, you know, like you gotta like let them know, like when you're reaching out to them, because it can be really heavy, you know, for a lot of people. And, um, and I also noticed the one last thing is friends that are married, like I'm thrilled that their marriages are successful. And I always am looking at what makes it successful so that I can see, oh, wow, that's where I, that's something I want to work on for me or just be a student of so that I know now for my next relationships, what is it that I can adjust, right? That's important. And knowing thyself is really important and, and knowing where your faults are or, you know, or your flaws, which are, you know, just opportunities um, to grow and to work those muscles, you know, and just being, my last thing is just give yourself grace, you know, give yourself grace. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're so right. <laughs> and laugh, I have laugh a as much as you can. Yeah. I think when you can laugh at yourself, life becomes easier because we take everything so seriously on the grand scheme of things. Life is so short and such a tiny speck in the universe. And we make such a big drama about our day-to-day -day living that you start to wonder like why 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 waste time on on negative stuff why waste time on this ego pulling each other like what are we winning in the end yeah i hear you for sure what what i call it during the how do you create certainty in uncertain times when you go through divorce yeah it's a great question you know depending on where you're at right like if you're still living under the same roof you know, you're creating certainty is going to be writing a plan, right? Who's moving out, making some decisions, right? And you can have decision fatigue. So the certainty is, okay, I'm really clear. We did everything we could, we're done. And then knowing what's the next best step, right? That next step is, are you doing some therapy? Are you working with the person that you're with, right? And then you got to tell your kids, but in order to tell your kids, you have to have a plan, right? Every therapist and every, everywhere I read and everything is before you tell your children, you have a plan because the children need to know there's a plan that you've got it taken care of, 
right? You got to be an adult. And then it's chipping away. And really certainty is having a plan. If you're moving out, well, you got to write your wish list. You got to write the things you need to do. You got to, you got to do those brain dumps and go, okay, I got to get boxes. I got to, you know what I mean? There are certain steps of things that you got to do. And then you got to find a place, right? And then if you're like, well, I've been a stay-at-home mom, how am I going to do that? Well, it's getting creative, right? There's different ways of doing it. So to me, creating certainty is being in action and taking action and moving. And it can be as simple as making your bed in the morning, you know, or even the big move might be, I got to move out of the room that we're living in, right? Like that was a big step. That was a really scary move for me from a psychological standpoint for myself and for my kid. I'm the one leaving the bedroom, right? It was really something that I made bigger for myself. So yeah, so to create certainty, it's understanding where you are, knowing where you want to be, and then it's filling in what are the steps of small, where you are, where you want to be, small little increments so that it's not completely overwhelming because it can, it can be extremely overwhelming, all the things if you're moving out. If you're staying in the house, it's different, right? You, the, some of the certainty might be, okay, walking through the house and just going, these are the things that are mine before the marriage, you know, these are, because you're going to have to separate your stuff. You're going to have to go through the books. You're going to have to go through the whatever, right? And it's easy to run away and it can be extremely overwhelming for people. That's an area that I do really well. I mean, honestly, I could just step into someone's home and totally help them do that. Like I know how to do that. Like that's the area that I really did well, painfully, but easily. I think the hardest part was that. So it's understanding that and creating certainty is, you know, once I knew I was moving out and once I knew all those things and I landed a place, um, I had to start getting stuff. I had to start figuring it out, you know, and certainty was, this is the week that we you know, this is when we're going to tell him, this is what it's going to be. We figured that out. And then it's like, this is when I'm moving. And I had a week to pack and a week to unpack. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was, and, and week to unpack and move. And then my kid was home. So it's really making a plan and setting it up. I mean, technically if you have younger kids, but in general, if you can pack and get people to help you pack and get that together and move out and not fight over the freaking lamps and the dishes and all that, like it just using and knowing resources to create certainty, you know, like, okay, this is, I'm staying, I'm not. And I just, everything that I did every step of the way, if I was taking something or I was like, this is going to be for me, I would then go, okay, we need this. We need that. I, I need, I need to help. And I did, you know, was it acknowledged? No, but I got to let that go. <laughs> so yeah. certainty is taking action or asking for help. Uh, so you're not keeping your head in the sand, which sometimes that feels really good. <laughs> Trust me, I get it. But then pacing yourself. Right, but it's good. You have a plan. That's good. Uh, when I, I called, when my marriage was dissolving, I I didn't know what I wanted, and I had you know the mediator. Okay, what do you want? What do you want? And and the spouse, ex-spouse, what do you want? What do you want? And I was in this fog of uncertainty. I didn't know what next step to take. Is this a good decision or is it a bad decision? Because oftentimes we so like 
ingrained with what we don't want that it's sometimes difficult to find what we actually do want. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And after the fact, you might go, oh, right? Because I'm some, you know, I'm in that and I'm going, oh, actually, this doesn't sit with me now. You know, having the space, because when you're all up in each other's places and you've got mediators and you've got lawyers and, you know, you don't know your rights. I mean, again, if you are not even separated, like it, you got to look at the stage that you're at and then, then you got to talk to a mediator and then you got to look at what the laws are in your state and you got to look at what resources are available to you. Like there's so many different stages of creating certainty. That's why having somebody help you, right? Like having a coach and someone who's like, okay, we're going to, let's look because each individual situation is unique. Like we all are. And so there isn't a, we we're all going to do the same way, right? There just isn't, there isn't. And it, it's, and a lot of women, you know, like, I don't want to be, you know, I'm just going to let it flow and I'm just going to be passive. And trust me, I know the fighting is draining. And when a man is angry and he doesn't have tools the narcissistic stuff comes out. I'm not calling that every man is a narcissist. I really don't like that. Like, cause not everybody's a therapist to diagnose somebody as that, but there's narcissistic behavior that comes in because there's a fight and a man is showing up to fight. And so this is what you're seeing is a man who's fighting and lost whatever he's losing. I mean, unless like, whatever, I'm just giving an, my example. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So it is, it is tricky sometimes to know what it is you desire, what you'd like to have. I just want to say like what you want is focusing on want is lack what you don't have. So shifting the net, shifting, you know, flipping the script of what is it that I'd like to create and have and whatever you decide right now can change. And that's the thing you need to understand is in the negotiation process, you may change your mind and the other party doesn't like that and they will threaten and do whatever they want, but you can change your mind and yeah, you can and say, Hey, you know, at the time I agreed to this, now I don't agree anymore. It's not in my best interest. Mm -hmm. And right. that's scary to do, you know, it's scary to step up and, 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 and be that way. I mean, even my acupuncturist, when I went and had a session with her and she went through divorce and I said, Oh, I just want to be feminine. And I just want to be like loving. And she's like, yeah, you do. And it's good to be that way, but not now. It's like, okay. Cause it's draining and it, it's like taxing. And a lot of women will just be like, I don't want to deal with it, but you know what you, you have to, and there are hard decisions to make. And that's why having somebody there to help you, decipher it because the energy you're not clear you have brain fog whatever's going on um it's like you don't want to make a decision when you're all in those emotions necessarily and you want to use those emotions to help you decide in certain ways i mean it's it's like i said there's a lot of nuances to it you're right you're right i feel like we can talk for hours with you <laughs> I don't know if that's good or not. <laughs> if people would like to uh, find out more about you, where would they go? 
where would you go? Well, you will go to hillaryrubin.com and there's two L's in Hillary. Uh, so you go to hillaryrubin.com and I have a free training there. Uh, there, and I should just give you the link to that. But there's a free training on the five mindset shifts to help you save your sanity. And a little bit of I touched on today. And there's a meditation and there's a like a hand, like a guide and a meditation. And then I have like a little class on unpacking each of those mindset shifts. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so there's two L's in Hillary. Uh, and I guess the link will be in the show notes. Yes. And then we'll have a link in the show notes for the directly to the training. Uh, and also on Instagram, Hillary Rubin. Awesome. awesome. And I, yeah, I do daily videos and different things there. And there's, you know, more to come and more things that are going. And uh, yeah, I offer free clarity sessions. Uh, so you can kind of, um, we can chat and uh, kind of see where you are and what, what, to help you find clarity of what your next step and what your plan would look like. Yeah. Those are free. Yeah. What is the next thing you want to create? Any fun projects you're working on that you like to share? That's about it. All right. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. I mean, as far as what's next, I mean, I have an ebook that I'm working on and uh, getting that together and getting a book together, ebook book. So I'm working on that and I just don't have like a, it's going to be done by date. So that's yeah, fine. that's, that's where I'm at for now. And there's, there's other little things in the works, but for right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much for coming. And I think you offer a wealth of knowledge coming through your own experience and also helping others not feel alone and have that advocate, have that support. I think that's very important. Uh, when I was going through uh, my divorce, it was me, myself and I on emotional scale. <laughs> so I love the work that you are doing. Thank you so much. And it was a pleasure of having you. Yeah, thank you so much. You asked great questions. I really enjoyed being able to share and um, everyone that's watching, thank you so much. You're not alone, we're here. <laughs> thank you. If you like this episode, please share with somebody who would benefit. You can leave comments, topic suggestions, and add your reviews on Apple Podcasts. It also helps greatly when you download the episode. If you feel lost, emotionally hurt after divorce and want to rediscover who you are, you don't have to do it alone. Join our community on Facebook, Limitless Women, Self-Love, Mindset, and Support for Relationships where we hold trainings and various events to help you thrive and become happy again. Because life after divorce is possible and can even be great. If no one told you today, I want you to know that I love you and believe in you. Because you are limitless. Mm -hmm.